football neophyte. We're an American who knows a lot about sports, but little about soccer. Uh, football. Journeys through the 2018-19 English Premier League season to discover a team to root for. I'm your host, Nate Hughes. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Football Neophyte Podcast. Uh, We are blessed and excited to have all the way from England herself. Yep, I said herself, our first female guest, which I am ecstatic about, Wendy McLeod, supporter, front row, season ticket holder, of the Crystal Palace Football Club. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. I am um, really excited to uh, be part of this. And um, as you've already said, I am a massive diehard Crystal Palace fan. I have been all my life. Um, And I just love talking about football and especially the team. So I'm really pleased to be here this evening doing this. Thank you. Well, it's great. Yeah, thank you for for. (laughs) for being on. Um, so tell me how, how did you become a fan? Where did this passion for the club and football start? Um, it's quite interesting actually, because, um, I didn't come from a family that was, uh, particularly interested in, in football as such. Um, my parents aren't particularly football fans. Um, but I did grow up quite close to the grounds and, um, as a young girl, I remember being able to see the floodlights uh, from my bedroom. So I always knew when Crystal Palace were playing. And um, when they scored, I could always hear the roar of the crowd from my garden. And it kind of ignited an interest. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to go there, I wanted to see what was happening. Um, and uh, at some point in my childhood, I think I was probably aged maybe about eight or nine, um, I asked my dad to take me along to a game. And uh, people who are listening to this who are Palace fans will be interested to know that the first match that I ever went to see was against um, our biggest rivals, Brighton. And um, the first uh, half went really well because uh, we were winning 1-0. Um, so I actually got to see them score a goal, which was amazing. Um, I was in the Arthur Waite stand with my dad at the time. Um, but um, the second half didn't go quite so well because actually um, the end result was that we actually ended up losing 2-1. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't a great match to start with, <laughs> but I absolutely loved it. Um, and then um, I didn't actually go to any matches for quite a while after that until I became a teenager. And then I started going um, with my older brother, um, who was five years older than me, and um just got back into it again and we used to go to every home match and um, we used to go to the Homesdale Terrace, it was then, and I just absolutely loved going um, week after week after week. Um, I particularly loved uh, standing right behind the goal because you could watch the entire match through the netting and I just remember... um, in those days, Nigel Martin was the goalkeeper. And um, I remember, you know, you could have conversations with him. Okay, mm-hmm. Nigel, give us a wave. Nigel, Nigel, give us a wave. And um, just love that whole kind of familiarity of the club, you know, the family feel, which they've still maintained and which is very much still part of it today. 
Um, and uh, as I say, just loved obviously when they scored. You see the you know the football coming towards you and and, and coming into the net, and um, just absolutely loved it. And uh, that's really how I got into it. And I remember um, when I lived at home when I was younger, I had um, a real shrine in my bedroom to Crystal Palace. In those days, they in the program there used to be um, a poster, an A4 poster that you could pull out. Um, lots of people will be able to relate to this. And so I used to have them up on my wall and collected them. You know, there was kind of Jeff Thomas, Ian Wright, Mark Wright, John Salako. Kind of giving my age away here because uh, <laughs> people are going to know what era this is. <laughs> um, and then, um, I mean, these were fantastic times for Palace fans because this was the 1990s. Um, and uh, at that time, we got into the FA Cup um for the first time and uh the final and um the Croydon advertiser which is the local newspaper produced like little posters and um, that you could put in the back of your car almost like a car sticker yeah but, uh, they were on card and I even had those in my bedroom wall so I literally you know whereas most teenagers might have had um kind of pop stars and people like that I just had a shrine to Crystal Palace and I just couldn't get enough of the team well, that's the imagery is so beautiful of that too, right? I think uh, most of us, when you grow up in a community where you've got a local team, that's kind of the most natural way to become a fan. But yeah. it's not always so natural to live so close to the stadium that you can hear when your team scores, right? <laughs> and so I think imagining you as this little girl and the, the kind of the faraway beauty of the stadium and the sounds and like wondering like what's happening over there there's something mm. amazing happening and now to be a part of it right as a fan and be able to go to so many matches that's a that's a great story um tell me about crystal palace's history where's the name come from uh what are some things that make crystal palace unique etc yeah well um it's named after the actual Crystal Palace, um, which was an iconic exhibition hall, which was um, built in 1851. Um, and uh, it's kind of the name of the area as well. Um, and the area is South London? Yes, it's the South okay. London area, yeah. So it's okay. one of the London clubs. Um, it's quite an interesting history, actually, because um, it, it was in 1922 that um, the site was built from a railway company for £2,570, which I thought was amazing <laughs> if you think about cost nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it was constructed for £30,000. Um, it was opened on the 30th of August in 1924 by the Lord Mayor of London, and it only had one stand, which is still there today, which is the main stand, okay. the fans will know. Um, and in the first ever match that was played there, um, Crystal Palace played Sheffield Wednesday, but lost, unfortunately, 1-0 in front of 25,000 fans. Wow. Um, it's a really interesting history. Um, it was used in the past in an international sense as well. And so England played Wales there. It's been used in the past for cricket and music concerts, um, for Summer Olympics, um, and then gradually, as the years have gone on, they've developed different parts of the stadium. So um, in the 1960s, the Arthur Waite stand, which uh, a lot of the fans still sit in, and I mentioned at the beginning, was a stand I stood, uh, and sat with my dad 
um, when I first went. That's uh, still there. Um, and that was built and um, that was named after a chairman. Um, and he was famous for um, Palace, getting Palace from the fourth to the first division. So he made a real difference to the club back in the 1960s. Um, we have some history of uh, a couple of um, other clubs that have um, been tenants, shall we say. <laughs> Quite an interesting uh, thing. So Charlton Athletic um, and Wimbledon FC. I have to mention this because I've got a friend who's a Wimbledon fan. Um, but both of those clubs um, in the past have also kind of shared our ground. Okay. So that's, that's quite an interesting fact. Um, but more recently, um, it, you know, it's, it's been developed um, with executive boxes and then the home sale um, end was turned into seating. Um, a lot to do with sort of health and safety reasons as well, really, when the, you know, the terraces were changed into seating. Yep. And then, of course, um, we secured the planning permission um, just um, in the last few months um, to redevelop one side of the stadium completely. So that is uh, something that's in the pipeline and it's really, really exciting for the future. Well, that's great. I mean, I think... and. Um, one of the things I'm realizing as I kind of walk through this journey of choosing a club is some of the nice new stadiums are beautiful and I'm sure they've got everything you could want from a training perspective and from a viewing perspective. But one of the things that for me from a distance is far more intriguing are these classic stadiums, these classic grounds that have been around for decades and decades and decades and and Selhurst Park watching the match on on Sunday morning here in the states uh it was just another one of those grounds so I'm like okay I have to consider this as I'm choosing a team because it's beautiful it's it's the same I'm a huge baseball fan uh which I've talked about a lot before and still I love the newer stadiums but Wrigley Field and Fenway are the iconic fields that they have history and there's texture yeah. to the stadium, you know? And so that's something about, about the crystal palace that I, that I enjoyed. Yeah. yeah and you feel so close to the players, you know, because of that, yeah. it's almost, especially obviously we sit in the front row, but, um, you know, you can almost touch them and uh, you feel, you feel so much part of the action and the game when you're there, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to explain how, exceptional and how sensational the atmosphere is at Selhurst Park. Um, yeah, the only thing I can say is, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I am a Palace fan, you know, to say, to choose Crystal Palace, but we are renowned in the Premiership for having a superb atmosphere. Um, the, the fans sing their heart out and they never ever give up you know they never stop getting behind the team and they turn out in the torrential rain and they you know and they stand there when we're we're losing and we've lost time after time after time I mean, it's looking back to last season and and we I think we got the record um you know it was embarrassing you know we got the record for you know the most defeats and you know how it is it how can it be that this team is bottom and it's Christmas and yet we finished 10th you know is it it's not possible is it and yet Crystal Palace anything's possible yeah you know, the unexpected and um and I think the fans play a big part of that you know they love the team um and um you feel that. And I've taken friends recently, you know, who people who've never been to a football game. And I say, okay, 
I challenge you, come to Crystal Palace and I, and I think you will be a fan for life because I can't explain it to you. I can't sell it to you. You just need to come and experience it. And, and they do. And even, um, it was a real joy, actually. Um, I couldn't go a few weeks ago because I was actually away on holiday and I gave the tickets to my mum and my dad. So my mum has never been to a football a game. And um, she, um, she was now actually envious of the, the, the game on Sunday. She said, she saw the highlights and she said, I got so excited, you know, and I, I really wish I'd been to that match. And I was kind of getting behind every penalty shot. And I thought, oh my goodness, mum, you went to one match. Yeah. Just a fan, you know, you're that excited. This is somebody who, you know, who, who knows has known my passion but has never really shown that much interest and suddenly after one game she's there. You oh, know, how it. is that possible? That's so oh, good. Incredible. Incredible. You, you mentioned that the that you guys are singing and you've got your chants yeah. and you're all in. So I you you also mentioned that that you have a song, you want to play a clip of your <laughs> kind of most popular I wanna I wanna hear it. I wanna uh, experience from a distance a little bit of of what that match atmosphere is like. Right. Well, I couldn't not play you this song because um, I say anybody who's listening to this who is a Palace fan will know what tune I'm about to play because this is the Crystal Palace song. And um, I heard you, I heard some of the other podcasts and you were talking about some of the other songs, but um, the Crystal Palace song, it's lovely really, because it really captures the atmosphere. Um, the song is called Glad All Over. Glad. And um, it's on an album um, which was released at the 1990 FA Cup final squad, which certainly came out on that album. Um, and it's played every time the players run out at the start of um, each game. And so as the players come out and, um, you know, they're announced, um, you know, stand on your feet for your team, it gets broadcast, everybody stands on their feet, everybody sings at the top of the voices, there's, um, there's a clap in it as well, you know, when you clap and, uh, and it just lifts the atmosphere and it's often played as well after they score. Great. So um, it's everybody knows it and every other club will know that this is our song. So I am going to attempt to sing it to you as well. Oh, yes. This is amazing. <laughs> right. Are you ready? I'm okay. ready. I hope, I hope this comes through nice and loud. I'm not sure if this, the level will be all right with the sound, but we'll see. Okay, here we go. Okay. Say that you love me all of the time. Say that you need me, that you'll always be mine. And I'm feeling glad all over, yes, I'm glad all over, baby. I'm glad all over, so glad you're mine. I'll make you happy, you'll never be blue. You'll have no sorrow, and I'll always be true. There's I'm feeling glad all over, yes I'm glad all over, baby I'm glad all over, so glad you're mine. 
Well done. This is amazing. So now all other guests have to step their game up because that is the first time we have had a song, the chant of a club. So well done. And all my guests, you now have a lot to look up to with Wendy. So that's really great. Well, you had multiple times to, to sing that, uh, in this last match. And I was, you know, when I, when I watch the matches, um, I really try and like be a fan of that club for that match. Right. What does it feel like? What's it, what's it like to live whatever the emotion is of the game. So it's always good when I can get a a victory, but in this match, I feel like the, the, point that crystal palace got was a huge one an important one to face an arsenal club that had won what was it seven matches in a row um was it even more than that i don't know they'd won a lot of matches in a row and uh crystal palace having not scored at home yet so many things stacked against them and then to have two goals and this draw um it felt like a victory i don't know if you felt the same way but it was a great match yeah, the fans in the stand uh, were really happy, really, really happy um, with the performance. Um, they, I mean, yeah, as I say, it's not been easy <laughs> been sitting there, especially the weather's, I mean, the last match, the match before that, it was torrential rain, so that makes it even worse. If you're being pelted, it's freezing cold and you're losing, yeah. you know, it's miserable. Um, and then when you when there's it's bad enough losing and you actually score and you lose, but when you when it's goal, you know, goal is just is nothing just to celebrate. It's hard going, and so um, to to get the penalty um, was nerve wracking because in the previous match, Milovic had missed the penal, penalty. Yeah, so um, whew, that was really ne- you know nail biting. And when it's happening in front of you, as it was, you know, I sit in the front row and it was down our end, and you kind of you want to watch it and you can't watch it. And every and I looked around and everybody around me had their phones videoing it. You know, they're all going to tweet it, Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever. And I'm like, do I watch? Do I not watch? I, I, you know, I want it to be over. I want it. To, I don't want it to start. You don't know what to feel. And yeah. It means everything it means when you know when you love your football team it means everything because there's a hundred emotions going through your head you know there's the pride there's the pain and as you know I, I wrote a message actually a post on Facebook earlier saying you know I'm going on this interview tonight and how on earth do I sum up Crystal Palace you know what should I say and people have really said the same thing they said it's a ro- you know being a fan is a roller coaster. And even in the match, it's like that. And that was a, a real example in that match on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, it, it was at times um, really hard to watch, you know, um, like a, a thousand emotions, you know. I felt sick, anxious. Then there's yeah. like elation, um, just triumph. We're right by the away fans as well, uh-huh. you know. And so, so you got to listen to all that the whole time. Them. Oh, they're just, you know, they're taunting you and they're saying you're not singing and, you know, it, all of this is going on. But um, I, I really think there was a real satisfaction. You know, we didn't expect to win. You know, we hoped for a draw. And, and if we had one, you know, and to be fair, um, I think even in the extra time, you know, knowing Crystal Palace, perhaps they could have sneaked that, you know, and I wouldn't have put it past them. You know, they could have, Zaha could have got, 
you know, a, a final last minute winner. He's done it yep. before, he did it last yep. season. And that is the beauty of Palace. You just never know what's going to happen. You can never leave your seat before the final whistle blows. But, um, well, I think there's some matches too that you watch and you, you feel like, oh man, we got lucky. Like, we got lucky to get, we got lucky to get a point where I felt kind of the opposite in this match where really if you didn't if you didn't know where the teams were at on in the table and you were just watching I felt like these were two evenly matched clubs facing each other Arsenal didn't have a ton of chances right um, the the defense at, at least for the first like thirty minutes or so. Crystal Palace's defense looked great. Um, Sako and Juan Bissaka both looked like really good in, in, in the D and I don't know. It was, I was, I was very impressed with, with the club watching that match. Yeah. I think um, from the fans, when we were watching, when they, we gave away the free kick, there was frustration. Yeah. You know, should have just cleared that off the line and um it was just, it's a kind of disappointment there that we're giving, we're making silly mistakes. We're giving yeah. away free kicks and it cost us that goal, you yeah. know, that equaliser. And we need, we need to have been in that position, you yeah. know, we were winning. And then, and then of course to go down again and, you know. Can we talk about that free kick for a second? Because um, the strike from, from Jaka was remarkable. I mean, it looked yeah. like impossible to get, but the commentators made a comment and they said, should Hennessy have, have gotten that, actually? Was he out of position? So I was just curious what your thought was well, on that. It looked, it looked impossible. Like, it looked yeah, like well, no where, So I'm sitting um, from where he's striking it, really. So yeah. and it just went like a thunderbolt straight in. Yeah. So that's, I think, I mean, that's, that was quite nice of them to be favourable to Hennessy to say that. But to be fair to him, he is a good goalkeeper and he has made some exceptional saves. So obviously they're looking at it from a front-facing angle. Yeah. So maybe they saw something that we didn't see um, watching it from behind and also from the side. But um, yeah, I mean, it was like poetry in motion, that strike. I mean, it was just bang straight in, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was. It was. I, just, I just feel it was a mis- you know, it was our mistake. We shouldn't have given that away. Too, we made it too easy for them. Yeah. Too easy. Should have just cleared it straight off the line and then and dealt with it that way. So it's it's kind of making silly errors, you know, making mistakes that's costing us. That yeah. did cost us in that match. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, as well as the inability to be able to get the ball in the back of the net, you know, from free play and not penalties. I mean, we scored twice, but both from penalties, which is fine. Yeah. But we need, you know, we need people who can score goals. And there are, you know, we, we can score in cup games. We can score away from home. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens next. But, um, yeah, yeah, at least, I mean, we're thankful. I'd, I'd say the fans would be thankful to get a point, you know, which keeps us up, you know, up the table rather than nearing the bottom. And the next few matches are tough. You know, they're all teams that are are going to be hard to compete against and certainly hard to beat. So um, it's going to be tough until Christmas. Yeah. So um, I think most of the fans probably will be, will be pleased for, you know, to have got a draw. Yeah, for That's sure. Yeah. So tell me about Zaha a little bit. I watched him. <laughs> He's obviously like magical with his feet. You, know, <laughs> you never know what's happening. I mean saw multiple times where even the defenders looked helpless with him. 
Um, but I also, there was a couple of times where I felt like he had an opportunity to pass and he had someone open and he didn't. And I was just curious, you know, I'm obviously, I'm not watching every match. So give me a little bit more uh, information on, on him. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly a fantastic player. And um, last season he scored many goals um, and he is loved, loved by the fans um, and uh, when he's on top form, it can be magical. It's like poetry in motion, you know, sometimes watching him play and, 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 and some of, uh, you know, the sort of goals that he scored. But um, I don't know if it's just frustration at the moment um, that maybe made him come across like that and, and just his kind of eagerness, you know, to get those, those kind of goals in the back of the net. Um, you know, you do feel for the players, at times, you know, course, when you go yeah. through these periods and you, you go through with them, you, you, you live it together, you yeah. know, those highs and those lows. And as fans, you just try and get behind them. Um, but uh, he is fantastic. And I, I do feel, I feel personally that um, we've lost a bit of pace perhaps um, since last season. We lost uh, Loftus-Cheek, who was on loan from Chelsea. And um, since he's gone back, I mean, he's, he's scored a hat-trick. Um, yeah. She may have realised him when he scored again at the weekend. Um, and I, I wonder, you know, that's changed the dynamics a bit. Um, but um, who knows, the transfer window's coming up in January. So maybe it's time to, to look again and see if, um, you know, we can, we can bring in some new players and, and see what we can do. Because our main priority, depending on where we are in January in the table is to um, obviously stay in the premiership, you know? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, there was also a, a comment at one point about uh, having a striker coming off the bench. Were they talking about Sorloth or...? Yeah, possibly. Poss I think it probably was referring to him. Um, the manager has certainly been trying um, in the second half. He's been, I've been noticing that he's following a similar pattern that he tends to um, substitute, you know, a couple of players in the second half. I think just to try, you know, to shake it up a bit and try and, and get some goals. Um, I'm not sure if it's made a huge amount of difference, if I'm honest, at the moment. Um, but it, I, I'm guessing that's probably who they were referring to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And Meyer, Meyer also was one who came yes. on right in the second half. He, yeah. he had a great, that one off the post where it, it looked <laughs> like he almost maybe mistouched it a little bit and then recovered to just hit it off the post. But uh, he was also impressive coming off the bench. And obviously you get these guys, you come off the players, yeah. new players, young players, but um, so we get to see really kind of, what they can do so um, I guess time will tell but um, they've been certainly having an opportunity in each match yeah so I think watch this space on that one but um yeah well anything else that I should know about uh, Crystal Palace we're going to talk about term of the week in a second but anything like last minute thoughts like if there's anything I need you to know it's this <laughs> to help you make a decision to choose Crystal mm. Palace well I was going to mention um some of the things that make Crystal Palace unique. Yes. Um, yes. So um, being an American, I'm sure that you will appreciate um, the fact that we are the only club in uh, this country which has cheerleaders. Um, oh, wow. 
yeah, which I think is quite cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, we talked before about it being, you know, a family club and maintaining that kind of family atmosphere. And that's very much the feeling that you get. Um, Selhurst Park is on quite um, a small kind of area of land, if you like. So um, when you go along, uh, it's, it's really lovely that, you know, you can meet the players as they come out um, and before the matches, the cheerleaders are often outside. There's a fan zone right next to the stadium um, where a lot of the season ticket holders can hang out. Uh, the cheerleaders are often in there. My daughter, who's six, uh, she absolutely adores them. And you can have photos with them. And um, she actually has a signed photo of them in her room. And they always um, perform at the beginning of each match and also at half time. So um, that's kind of a nice uh, a feature of our club. Um, we also have uh, an eagle, which is obviously we are the eagles. Um, yeah. And uh, our eagle is called Kayla. And uh, this is really cool. And uh, she is flown around the pitch. She's outside again, the stadium at the start of the match, and you can have a photo with her. So it's a really nice touch, you know, especially for children. It's a real yeah. family club. You have, you know, there, there are babies, toddlers, um, you know, children, grandparents. The, the, the age range in the club is is amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, you can meet the eagle and, and she flies from one end of the pitch to the other, lands on the goalpost. She has the red and blue ribbons. Oh, you know, cool, yeah. Hanging, you know, from the talent. Oh, it, it really is cool. It that really is cool. something quite spectacular. So there's some kind of nice, um, you know, touches there to the club. Um, and I kind of like the I, I kind of like the connection with the, you're from Phoenix, right? Yeah, that's right. So I like I like the connection there with the Phoenix being a kind of mystical bird. It there you go. Like I see what you're doing there. I see what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I see. I did my research. There you go. Well, and there's also you could also go like really because the bald eagle. Is like yeah, and it is a bald so, eagle. That's mascot. right. Taylor is a board eagle, so... Tie that back to America. Well done. Well played. Ching. <laughs> Term of the week's going to be a little different today. It's always more challenging when we've got an uh, English person because <laughs> the terms that I find odd are their normal, like, terminology. So... Uh, Wendy is going to give us some of the South London phrases. She's going to give us a couple of South London phrases that you'll often hear maybe in the pubs when they're talking about a match. So, so give those. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to say, first of all, that um, I found this quite hard, first of all, you know, thinking of some phrases because obviously people, you know, are used to the way that they speak. And so when you actually have to think about, you know, words that you use that perhaps other people don't, it's kind of actually quite difficult to do. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, I think in every area of the country, um, particularly in England, uh, people use grammar incorrectly when they're talking to their mates. And so in South London, we often say things like, in it, which is, is basically, instead of saying, isn't it? So, um, or not I mean, which is know what I mean. So, yeah, um, yeah if you were talking about the match, um, you might say something like, oh, yeah, it was, it was really good, wasn't it? What happened in the match on Sunday in it? You know, so it's really completely incorrect use of grammar, but it's just a way of agreeing with somebody yep. and like and completely joining a whole sentence together, you know, with no gap. So, not I mean. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
Um, and the other word, um, the other expression that came to mind, kind of reflecting on that match, would be, you know, if I was reporting that score to a friend of mine who's a Palace fan and saying, oh, you're never going to believe that we actually drew against Arsenal, they might say, get in, like that, which just uh-huh. means fantastic, that's awesome, you know. So that's kind of a, a common phrase that perhaps sometimes used in South London. Um, but um, it's something I, I noticed in the first podcast um, that, Nate, you were saying that I found interesting um, was when you referred to uh, the Premiership, you called it the EPL. And um, that made me chuckle because um, obviously we are in England here, so we don't ever call it the English Premier League. Um, and I kept thinking, what's EPL? That's <laughs> awesome. So, um, yeah, obviously we just call it the Premiership or the Premier League, but um, that just that just made me smile. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's, that's it's, really it's, good. And that's what I'm here for. This is uh, <laughs> me learning and and trying to to figure out you know the sport a little bit you know and then also mm-hmm. as much as i can about the premiership right so this yeah. is great and i'm really thankful for you sharing your love and passion and heart mm-hmm. for crystal palace and also yeah just giving me the time so thanks so much wendy no you're welcome i loved it thank you thank you Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Football Neophyte. Our theme song is Something Elated by Broke for Free. Thanks to One Mission, a community development organization giving people in poverty the opportunity to earn a house by serving their community. Thanks for letting me steal a little bit of my work week to produce these episodes. If you like these podcasts, go to onemission.org donate and donate to this amazing organization. 100% of your donation will go directly to our projects and programs and be tied directly to a family. That's onemission.org slash donate. Recording, mixing, etc. is still done by me, Nate Hughes. I'm getting a little better, but I'm still a football neophyte and a podcast neophyte. We're now on both iTunes and Google Play. Please rate us and comment if you enjoy the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Football Neophyte. That's Football Neophyte without the E. We'll be back in a few weeks where we'll feature Bournemouth. What happened? At soccer, I was um, I was goalie and it was two to one. My team. I dived. It bounced up. I still dived for it and won the game for our team. Nice and job. And I celebrated and I went like. Yes! Nice, buddy.